You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. Santa, the area Pacando Satari Maya Santa, Ari Pada the Bosa, Repanda Yamahandes, the Ari Macosa by Abirimia Santosa, the Ari Macosa Taya La Pada the Bosa Taya, the Paya das Santa Mahandes Santosa, the Paya Panda Santa Sorabosa Taya, Repada Bosa, Repandarinia Santa, the Paya de Sandinia Candes Santosa, the Pada Bosa. of activities and if you don't get involved you will get lost in what we are doing in Teen Chapel. As you are aware now you will be here for only two or three years and um, if you don't get involved in our accelerated program you complete this place and you don't know what you have achieved in this place because of the age that you find yourself in. So please get involved in all the instructions that we give you. I've already promised you a quiz isn't it? I said we are going to take this quiz unannounced. So get ready. Any Sunday we'll take the quiz. Um, we were supposed to launch the Bible reading last week, but I wasn't in church, so we are launching it today. In addition to reading Psalm 119 every single day until Sunday, we are reading three chapters of the Bible every day for the next one year. Did I hear somebody say, hey? We are going to graduate from three chapters to something else. So please, don't, when you are doing the Dennis one, get involved. Okay. So we'll find a way of reminding each other. Every Sunday, we'll remind you of what we are supposed to do. So by next week, Sunday, we should all have read Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 21. Today, we are starting and we are reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. It's only three chapters. If you are a fast reader, you can do it within 10 minutes. If you're on the loo, you can read it just like that. If you are a very slow reader, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, by the time it's 30 minutes, you would have finished. Okay, please, it's compulsory for every member of Team Chapel. Get involved, otherwise you get lost. Thank you very much, Uncle Biju. Um, good morning, everybody. I hope you're all doing very fine. So, quick announcement. Asantua, um, if you are here, kindly move to the registration desk. You are wanted, Asantua. Um, Auntie Mary Ganser's daughter, if you're around, kindly move to the back. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Okay, so we are starting a Bible series. Um, let me see by hand those of us who brought our notebooks to church today. Notebooks. Okay, the number looks very impressive. And then our pens. Okay. Okay, and our Bibles. Let me see your Bible up. 
raise your Bible. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, I want you to take notes. Okay. I want us to take notes so that when we go home from here, we'll be able to revise. I don't want a situation whereby when the time for us to write the exams comes, you find yourself wanting. Because whatever I'm going to say here, if you decide not to write, you may probably forget. You may probably forget. And I don't want you to write the exams and score low marks. You cannot be scoring low marks in the house of God. Do you agree with me? Yes, we cannot fail in the house of God. So please, let's write, let's take notes, just like you do for math, science, and social studies in school. When you come back home, you take your time and you go through it so that when the time for your test comes, you'll be able to pass very well. Let's do the same in church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's um, kick start. Um, it's going to be very quick. We'll spend some time in prayer and then we'll round it up. I want to share a, a short story. Okay, before that, let's pray. I want us to pray before we start. So we close our eyes. Father, we thank you for a day like this. We want to commit ourselves into your hands. We pray that, Lord, as your word is coming to us today, we pray that, Lord, you open our hearts, you open up our spirits. We pray that your word is going to fall on fertile soil that is going to bear fruit food that will last in our lives is going to transform us it's going to change us in the mighty name of jesus as we pray with thanksgiving amen 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 good i want to share something briefly with you and then we'll move um growing up at a very tender age i remember i was having a discussion with some i think i was around somewhere seven or eight years old and then we're having a conversation with some other older people. I think my cousins or the people in my area, they were much older. Let's say 12 years, 15 years, thereabouts. And then we're talking about this whole creation story thing. And then while the conversation was going on, I asked them a very simple question. I was like, oh, okay. So if God created the world, who created God? How many of us have been in that position before? We ask ourselves, so who, who, who created God? Because we can't just be there and say that, oh, God created the heaven and the earth. So that is the end of the story. No. Who created this man called God? Was he also created by somebody? And I was asking them, and then they started laughing at me. I was a young boy, and I wanted to know. It was actually my first time asking such a question. And then they told me that God is a God by himself. He is God all by himself. So if you try to think about who created him, if you don't take it, you are going to cause damage to your medulla oblongata. You know what that means? If you try to think through that, if you don't take care, you might what? Go mad. Because the more you try hard to find the answers to that, the more you don't get any answer for that. True or false? Yes. The more you try hard to find out who created God, the more you, you find yourself wanting because you will never get any good answer. You see how powerful God is? Very, very powerful. Anyway, that's just the beginning of the story I wanted to share. Let's move on. Today, we'll spend a lot of time talking about um, the creation or the things that God created. And I'll also talk about the purpose of God's creation. Um, I'll also talk about what um, it means when we say that we have, been, we have been created in the image and the likeness of God. I'll talk about that one. And then I'll talk about one or two things and then I'll, I'll round it up. But first, let's look at um, the book of Genesis chapter 1. The creation story. I want us to look at it briefly. If, if you can project it for me, we'll read it quickly. And then we move on. So that we know what God did on the first day, the second day, the third day, fourth day, fifth day. How many of you can just say it off your head? From the first day to the sixth day, what God did for us. How many of us can just say it without going through anything? How many of us? Oh, let me see our hands up. Wow. 
I think by class three, you should know all those things. So, or at most class five. By class five, you see, you come to Bible. Uh, I mean, Sunday school. They teach you all those things there, or they never taught you that what God created in the first day, the second day, the third day. Were you not taught? So you don't remember. Do you remember? Are you sure? Okay. I'll come to you. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, so the book of Genesis itself describes God as a very powerful being. When you see the entire concept of creation, the way God went about the whole process, you can see that God is not just an ordinary person. Because he just sat back and then he had his own plan. He had his own reason for what he was doing. Very logical, systematic. For me, I would say God is an architect, a perfect architect. Because the way and manner in which he went about the whole creation story, nobody would tell you that he's an excellent what, architect. He never missed anything out. He never missed anything out. Genesis chapter 1. Will you project for me? You can't project. Okay. Should I wait for you people? Or I should continue? Okay. Alright, so whilst um, I wait for them to come, let me just talk about what God created on the first day. Um, the first day, we see God creating um, the heavens and the earth. He created the light. He separated um, the light from the darkness. And then he also separated the night from the day. Be taking note too. And that one, you can see it in the book of Genesis chapter 1, 3 to 5. And then the second day, the Bible says that God created the firmament. That's the division of the atmosphere and then the water. He divided the atmosphere from the water. That's what God did on the second day. And then the third day, the Bible says that um, God created the dry land and he also divided the land and the water, the seas, the grass, herbs, and and then trees. The fourth day, we see God creating the sun, the moon, the stars, they are what? The rulers of the day and night. That's the moon, the stars, and then what? The moon, the stars, and then the sun. They rule the day. So if it's morning, what do we see? We see the sun. When it's in the evening, what do we see? We see the moon, and then we also what? See the stars all over in the sky. Do we see the stars in the afternoon? In the morning, do we see the stars? Yes, so they control what? They control what? They control what? They control what? The day and the night. The sun, the moon, and then the stars. They control what? The day and the night. Let's move on. And then um, the fifth day, we see God uh, creating life. He created the fish, the fowl, the whales. That one you can find in the book of Genesis. So write this. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 all the way to 31. It talks about the creation story. When you go home, when you go home, you spend time to read it. Okay, they are ready, but you let's move on. And then, the, like I was saying, the fifth day, God created um, the fish, the fowl, the whales. That one you can find in the book of Genesis chapter 1, 20 to 23. And then the sixth day, God created what? The cattle creeping things, beasts, and then he made man. So we were also created on which day? On the sixth day. On the sixth day, God created man. That is myself and then you. That was the day we also came into being. God took his time. When I was preparing for this, and I was saying that, why did God created man on the sixth day? Does it mean that he decided to save the best for the last? God decided to save the best for the light, for the last. Because man, man is the is the crown of God's what creation. So I believe strongly that whilst God was had this whole logic and this whole planning or architecture 
to create the entire world, he had what? Man in mind. He had, he had you in mind. He also had me in mind. Whilst he was doing all these things, he knew that at the end of the day, he has to create what? Man. So on the seat day, that was when we also came into being. Hallelujah. I hope you are, you are with me. Are we, are we moving together? Are we taking notes? Are we understanding? It's a teaching service, okay? Yes, it's a teaching service. So we have to understand what is going on. Hallelujah. Today we are not doing the other ones. So how do we perceive God as uh, believers? As believers. Now, who is a believer? A believer is someone who believes in God. There are some people, they say they don't believe that God exists. Who are those people? They call themselves what? They say they are atheists. But how can you say you don't believe in something that exists? The mere fact that there is God, then means what? God exists. But the atheists are saying that they don't believe in God. Can you imagine? So as believers... We, 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 we believe that God actually what? Exists. And for us as believers, we know that he is the creator of all things. God is the creator of all things. He created the heavens and the earth and everything that is within this earth was created by what? God. Man did not create anything. God created all these things that we are seeing. That's why in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says that for it was in him that all things were created, in, him, in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him and in him and for him. Hallelujah. See how powerful God is. Did you take that scripture? Colossians 1 verse 16. Write it down. Colossians 1 16. For it was in him that all things were created, in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him and in him and for him. When you, when you read the book of Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6, the Bible says that, And Ezra said, You are the Lord, you alone. You have made the heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all is in them, and you preserve them all, and the host of heaven worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see how powerful God is. You see how powerful God is. Good. Let me read the last scripture. It says that the earth is the Lord, and all that is in it, and those who live in it. Psalm 24. I want you to write this scripture also down. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. When you go home, you can go through all these scriptures. And Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. Put them down. When you go home, you go through it. You study it. You might never know. It will appear in the exam. But don't study because of exams. Study because you want it to what? Have an impact in your life. Hallelujah. As believers, we also accept that the Holy Bible is the infallible and inspired word of God. The scripture said you didn't get it. Okay. Um, Isaiah 45 verse 7. Did you get that one? Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6. Colossians 1 verse 16. Are we okay? Can we move on? Okay, good. And then we also accept as believers that the Holy Bible is the infallible and inspired word of God. When we're coming to church, we came with our Bible. Why did we come with the Bible? Why did we come with the Bible? We came with the Bible because we know that it contains the word of God. It carries what? The word. And more or less like the constitution of God. If you claim that you're a believer, you cannot do anything without what? The word of God. Just like we being citizens in Ghana. We are being guided by what? The constitution of Ghana, right? And whatever you do must be according to what? The dictates and precepts of what? The constitution of Ghana, right? It's the same thing that happened. That is the same thing with us believers. We believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. Now, when we say the Bible is the infallible and inspired word of God, what does it mean? The word infallible means that not capable of leading us astray. It means that the word of God is not capable of what? Leading you astray. 
The word of God will not let you down. Hallelujah. The word of God is never wrong. Everything that has been said in the word of God is true. It will never lose its what? Its power. Hallelujah. That is what the meaning of infallible means. It has no mistake because what? It is the inspired word of God. God himself made the word come into being. Hallelujah. Now let's read the scriptures to back it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 to 17. Let's write it down. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And every scripture is God breathed, given by inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. And then the 17 goes on to say that, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it also says that, please note that one too, Hebrews 4 verse 12, is that for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Full of power, making it active. Operative. See the adjective they are using. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any double-edged word sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and spirit, and of joints and marrow, exposing and sifting and analyzing, analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Hallelujah. I want you to write this scripture too down. John 17, verse 17b. It says that God's word is truth. God's word is truth. It doesn't lie. God's word doesn't lie. That is why we must take what the word of God very seriously. When, when you quote scriptures, especially when you are praying or in everything that you are doing, when you quote the scriptures, it's going to work for you. The word of God is going to work for you because it's like you are telling God that this is what you are saying. I want you to activate it in my life. I want you to, I want you to make it happen because this is what your word is saying. You are saying that I will not die. I will live to declare. It means that what? It must what? happen in my life. Hallelujah. Let me give you some small additional knowledge and then we move on. Now, we already know that the Bible is divided into two parts, right? What are the parts? The words. Okay, and how many books do we have in the Bible? I can't hear you all. I can't hear you all. 66. How many do we have in the Old Testament? Hey. How many do we have? Are you sure? 39. And how many do we have in the New Testament? 27. You put a Bible sharks. Clap for yourselves. Okay, so now the... I want to talk about the book of Genesis a little bit and then I'll move on to the purpose of God's creation. Um, the book of Genesis. Who wrote the book of Genesis, if I may ask? Who wrote it? Moses. How did he write it? Was he there when creation was taking place? But he wrote it too. But how can you write something when you were not there? It's not possible, though. Oh? I don't think it's possible that you write a book that you were not present. You were not present when the thing was taking place. And you've written everything. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. It's possible because it was revealed to Moses. That's why the Bible is the word inspired word of God. The Lord spoke to Moses about the whole creation story. That was how come Moses was able to write it. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about the purpose of God's creation. When God was creating the heavens and the earth and was doing all of these things, I'm sure he had something in mind. And like we said, um, man is what? The ultimate what? Purpose of God's creation. We're the crown. We're the reason. That's why we came last. And there was a reason why God was created us on the sixth day. He had a reason and he had a purpose for us. Hallelujah. So first, 
He did it because he wanted to what? Reflect his image in us. He wanted to reflect his image in us. And then man must also be interested in seeking the will of God concerning what? His life. We must be interested in seeking what? The will of God concerning our lives. God, we just cannot live by ourselves. There is, there is an eternal being somewhere that we are what? Accountable to. We are accountable to God in everything that we do. We must learn to appreciate God because he brought us into this life. Without him, we are nothing. It is God who brought us. And that same God is the one who is going to take us through, uh, he will take us through this journey of faith and this life. Hallelujah. God is also, God is a merciful and gracious Father who gives life and therefore must, we must worship him. We must worship God what? In spirit and in truth, we must worship God. He didn't just bring us to this world because he wants us to what? Uh, go to school, pass, um, how do you call it, get a good job. No, we must also what? Worship God. In everything that we do, we must learn to what? Worship him. That is what he is desiring from us. That's why we see ourselves in church. That's why we must, we, we have given our lives to Christ. And that is what God wants to see in us. Hallelujah. I pray that from this day you worship God more. I pray that from this day you love God more in everything that we do. Hallelujah. Man also owes his very existence to God. That is, we depend entirely on God in everything that we do. When you read the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 30, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. God, God, God is very much concerned about whatever we do in this life. He's interested in everything that we do. Yes. And he's more interested in what we do, especially for us Christians, when we seek him first and his righteousness. When you read uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, down was 30 thereabouts, he was talking about the beds of this. Uh, you know the beds, they, they don't have anywhere to sleep. They just, they can move from anywhere to any place. And then they will just be there. And then they move. They are not like us. That we take our time and go and get a place on our own. And then we are saying, oh, this is where we live. No, but the beds are not. And you see, the birds and the animals, they don't even work. They don't work. But God takes care of them. True or false? God is taking care of the animals, the birds, every other animal that you see. They don't work. They don't do anything. But God is taking very good care of them. How much more you? It means that what? God is going to take care of you. Hallelujah. I said God is going to take care of you. Whatever you do, do not be anxious for anything. God is going to take care of you. As a believer, God will not let you down. He will make sure that whatever you desire, according to his will, what is going to give it to you. Amen. Let's move on. Please put this scripture down. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Let me read it. Can you project Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 for me? Revelation 4, 11. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and, uh, and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Amen. Let's move to the next one. We're also created to be interdependent. We're also created to be interdependent. What does it mean to be interdependent? It means that we've been created to depend on each other. Hallelujah. We've been created to depend on each other. It means that there is something you have that I don't have. I have to depend on you. There is something that I also have that you also have to what? depend on me. Example, this morning, I'm the one sharing the word with you. Okay, tomorrow, you'll be the one sharing the word with me. Amen. Good. So, the interdependence also talks about the fellowship that we have, our fellowship and our fellowship obligations to God. Hallelujah. So, we can also talk, we can also talk about our giftings, our ministry, our callings that we bring to light as Christians or as believers. 
the more reason why we have to take our ministry very seriously. We have to take our callings too very seriously. Whatever God has deposited in you, you don't have to sleep on it. Like the parable of the, of the, of the talents. They said some people had five, some people had three, some people had two, someone had one. The one who had five, he invested it and he got more. The person who had three, he also did a little. Some, some of them decided to work, go and hide because they didn't want to have any issue with the master. So they went to hide the money. And then when the time came, they brought that same money back. The same thing with our ministry. God is calling you to do something because he wants it to benefit somebody else. But you will not be taking it serious. By a day is coming, God is going to ask you, oh, but you, Kwame, I deposited this particular gift in you, but you slept on it. So what account will you be giving unto the Lord when the time comes? What excuse will you give to him? The people in the house of God are supposed to be benefiting from your call. You are supposed to be a very good worship leader. But because of something, you have decided not to be coming for church workers meeting. You either prefer to sit in the house and sleep. Or you either prefer to sit in the house and do your own thing. Meanwhile, you know very well that God has called you. He has deposited a particular gift in you that we would need it in the house of God. But you are not ready to what? Take it seriously. A time is going to come. God is going to ask you. God is going to ask you. So this gift I give to you, what did you do with it? I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be your portion. I said, I don't want that to be your portion. When the time comes and God is asking, what did you do? Then you'll be able to make what? A very good account on the gifting and the ministry that the Lord has deposited in you. Hallelujah. So from next week, we want to see a lot more people coming for church workers meeting. Maybe yours is to become an intercessor, but you are not praying. A time is going to come. God will ask you, why didn't you pray for your family? Because that is what I called you to be doing, but you were not doing it. Amen. Okay, so let's take this uh, scriptures to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. The Bible says that not forsake as is the habit of some people, but admonishing one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. The Bible is saying that we should know what? Forsake the gathering of the saints. That is true fellowship. You must make it a point to always what? Find yourself in good company. In the house of God is what? It's a very good company. Because when you come here, you cannot be saying some things. Yes. But if you are here and you come to church and say some things, I, 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 I pray that today it will, you'll be delivered. Because you cannot be in the house of God. You cannot come to the house of God and just be talking about some things. No. Hallelujah. Let's move on. But take this uh, scripture too and put it down. When you go and read Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Okay. Now, the next one. God has also made us the steward of his creation. God has made us his what? His steward. When we say someone is a steward, I remember I did uh, something like this when I was in class four, class five. Man as a steward of God's creation. When we say someone is a steward, who can help us? Can we get a microphone? I want two people to tell us. Just two people. What, what it means by when, when we say that we are stewards of God's creation or who a steward is. One lady and then one gentleman. Where? Sua. Why do you want Sua to? <laughs> okay, Sua. They want you to explain. <laughs> So I say something. Prove them wrong. (laughs) Steward. When we say man is a steward of God's creation. Oh, so I prove them wrong. (laughs) Okay. Who, Who else? 
Who can help us? Let's move quickly. Time is not on our side. Who? Wow. Okay, I can see a hand here. Caretaker of God's creation. Oh, let's clap for a caretaker. Caretaker. I like that word. Caretaker. Who else? That's the lady. I want a gentleman. Hey, the choir, you do all. To nice take one. Control. Come again. To take control. To take control. Thank you very much. Let's clap for him too. Yes, a steward is someone who has been given the power and authority. Total oversight over something on behalf of someone. So you see, the world or the, the entire creation, whatever God created and everything, belongs to God. Okay? It belongs to God. God is the owner. But then, he has made man the caretaker. We are just what? Overseeing. We are just taking care of it for him. A time will come he will come for his own thing. So, so the world does not what? It doesn't belong to us. It does not belong to us. We are just put, protecting it. We are protecting it for him. We are taking charge over it. We are just overseers of God's creation. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus 25 verse 23, that God says that the, the land is mine. With me, you are but aliens and tenants. So we are just what? Enjoying our tenancy agreements here on earth. Yes. Because one day we will leave it for the owner himself to what? Come and take over. So you see how special we are to God. God did not give that oversight or that caretaker responsibility to the dog so. He didn't give it to the lion. He didn't give it to the trees and the plants. He gave it to who? Man. God gave it to us. So you see how powerful we are. Very, very powerful. We are very powerful. Oh, you don't agree with me? We are. We are very powerful. So that's why we are saying that man was what? The crown of God's creation. We are the reason for God's creation. We are the special thing that God wanted to happen on that set day. That's why he decided to wait. When everything was perfect. When everything was okay. He said, that, yes. Now the person I want to come and take control over this earth. You can now come. Everything is set. Everything is set. Come and then take control. Hallelujah. So like I said, man is not the owner of the earth, but just an overseer of all that God was, has created. Now you can put this scripture down. Genesis 2 verse 15. And then Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. You can put those scriptures down. And let's move to the next one. Man was also created in the image and the likeness of God. The first time I, I the first time I read about this thing that man was created in the image looks like me. Oh, let's be honest. With the first time you heard about it, is that not what ran to your mind? That you look like God, right? Physically. That's what came to my mind. And all those things. But is that the case? Is that the case? Oh, you are confused now. <laughs> I want one bold person. Is that the case? When we say, when, when the Bible is saying that we look, uh, we have the image and the likeness of God, does it mean that physically we look like God? Does it mean that we physically look like him? Oh, I can't hear you all. No. He's not talking about what? The physical. 
Why is he not talking about the physical? Because God is what? Spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. So if God is spirit, if the Bible is saying now the image and the likeness of that God, then it means that it's not talking about what the physical what aspects. It's referring to the moral attributes of God. The moral attributes of God. So we can say that God is what is a holy God. God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. Okay, so let me just break it down. When we say image, image means that the shadow or the representation, are you writing? The representation of the external form of a person. That's what image means. And then likeness means resemblance or replica. Resemblance or replica. Genesis 1.26 The image of God does not mean it does not mean what? The physical appearance of God. Because I said what? God is what? Spirit. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So I'm saying that the, the image and likeness of God means what? Uh, it's talking about the moral attributes of God. That's the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the power of God, and then the knowledge of God, and all of that. Let me quickly go through what I have said, and then we'll spend time to pray. Let me quickly go through it, and I'll ask you a couple of questions. Let me go through it. So today, I've spoken about so many things. First, we spoke about um, the creation story, right? The creation story. We didn't read it, but I gave a scripture for that. I hope you wrote it down. What did you write down? Genesis what? Genesis chapter 1. Okay. When you go home, you spend time, go through it. So we're talking about the creation story. I've also said that God is the one what, who created the heavens and the earth. Everything that is in this world was created by what? Was created by God. Let's move on. And I, was, I also spoke about how we perceive God as believers. I spoke about God being the creator of all things. Genesis, verse, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I give you some scriptures. Colossians 1.16. I hope you wrote it down. Nehemiah 9 verse 6. You wrote it down, right? Good. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it and those who live in it. Psalm 24. I hope you have that one too down. And then I also spoke about the fact that we accept as believers that the, the Holy Bible is the infallible and the inspired word of God. And I said the word infallible means what? It means what? I can't hear you all. The what? Good. It's not capable of leading us astray. It is never wrong. The word of God is what? Very reliable. You can depend on the word of God and it will not let you down. Hallelujah. And I've also spoken about um, the fact that the word of God is the inspired. It's inspired. It's the inspired word of God. The Bible is the inspired word of God, meaning that it's an extraordinary, extraordinary quality. That's the level at which the word of God is extraordinary quality. And then I give you, I asked you a few questions about which people got it right. I was very impressed. The number of Bible, the number of books we have in the Bible, it says 66, said Old Testament has 39, and then the New Testament has what? 27. Good. And we said the, the book of Genesis was written by who? It was written by who? And we said, was Moses there? He wasn't there. So how, how, how did Moses uh, get the opportunity to write it if he wasn't there physically? How? Come again? 
God revealed it to him. Okay. Now, I also spoke about the purpose of God's creation. The man must be interested in seeking the will of God concerning our lives and everything that we do, we must be interested in what? Seeking the will of God. And then, said that man was also created to be interdependent. That means that I need you, you also need me. We need each other. We must fellowship. We must fellowship. So I need your gifts. You also need my gifts. You must be a servant in the house of God because you've been called to also what? Serving God. Those are the happy. When he sees us fellowshipping, doing things that concerns him, those are the things that what makes God happy because that is why he brought us into this world. He didn't bring us into this world to come and do our own things and then we just go because a day is coming will be what? Accountable to him. And then we spoke about what? We being stewards of God's what? Creation. That we are what? The caretakers. We are the overseers of everything that what? God has created. Man is the crown of what? God's creation. And I even said that what? He reserved the best for what? The last. We came finally. And he had a purpose for it. He took his time to do everything to ensure that everything is set before he brought what? Man. Because he wanted us what? To take control. To take dominion. To have power. To be able to have authority over all the things on this earth, the animals, the trees, everything that you are seeing here on this earth, God has given us the power and authority over them. Note that one too. But I also said, I also, I was very emphatic. I said, what? The, this entire creation is not for us. We are just what? Overseeing it. Everything belongs to what? God. We are just overseers. We are taking care of it for Him. A time will come, He will come for His Him. His own thing. Amen. And I also said that what we're created in the image and the likeness of God. And we say that being created in the image and the likeness of God is not what about what the physical. It's not about the looks that you have a big head or you have a nice nose. It's not about that because God is what? Is spirit. God is spirit. So if you want to talk about the if you want to mention those things, then it means that you should be looking at the moral attributes of God. And I mentioned some of them to be what? I mentioned what? I mentioned holiness. The righteousness of God. Write those ones to down. Holiness. The righteousness of God. The power of God. The knowledge of God. And the loving nature of God. These are all moral attributes of God. Please put it down. Put it down so that when the day comes, go home, spend time. Okay. Shall we be upstanding? I'm going to pray. Let us be upstanding. Let us be upstanding. Francis, please can you come? In the next few minutes, we are going to spend time to pray. Oh, today you heard so many things about God. I want you to close your eyes. Today you've heard so many things about God. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. All that you have heard today, I want you to pray in the next few minutes and tell God, that he should help you. He should reveal himself to you as a child of God. As a child of God, lift up your hands and begin to pray and tell God that you want today. You've heard all, you've heard so many things about him, that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Everything that we are seeing here on this earth is coming from him and nobody else. You are saying that God, reveal yourself to me. Begin your begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray and tell him. Tell God. Tell God to reveal himself to you. He should reveal himself to you. As a growing child of God. As a young believer. God should reveal himself to you. He should reveal himself to you. After all that has been said today, you don't want to go back the same. But from this day, the Lord will reveal himself to you like never before. He will reveal his glorious nature. 
his wonderful nature, his goodness and his mercies. He will reveal it to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. You are not too young. You are not too young for the Lord to reveal himself to you. Today, you have come before the King of Kings, the creator of the heavens and the earth. That you are saying that from this day forward, he should reveal himself to you like never before. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, help me. Help me to know you more. Lord, help me. Father, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your status. But God can reveal himself to you. He says that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Everything that is on this earth, he created it. He brought them into being. He did it all by himself without the help of anybody. This morning you are saying, Lord, help me by revealing yourself unto me. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me and reveal yourself to me from this day forward that I will love you, Lord. That I will know you more, Lord. Oh, lift up your voice. I pray today this crazy story will move you to get closer to God and know him more in the name of Jesus. Twelve says that. He will never leave us or forsake us. You will be there for us. I see the Lord coming through for you this morning. He's coming through for you. You are the special thing that he created on the sixth day. You are that special thing that the Lord created. We are still praying. He says that his word is the infallible word. I pray. And we are praying that the word of God concerning our lives will never fall to the ground. It will not fail in our life. Whatever the Lord has said concerning us, according to his word, it will be manifested. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. His word says that he will make you the head and never the tail. That will be your portion. His word says that no plans against us will stand as we enter into the month of December. You will not die. That will not be your portion because his word says that we will live to declare his glory. I pray over you this morning. You will live to declare the word of the Lord. The infallible word. You will live and declare it in the name of Jesus. In our daily walk with him, we will walk with his word. His word will be our everything. Wherever we find ourselves, we will walk with the word of God. It's word that is powerful. It's word that is more than a double-edged sword. We are declaring this morning that the word of the Lord, we will hold on to it in every day, every activity that we do. We will hold on to the word of God from today. Whatever we do, it is the word of God that we will move with. In everything that we will do from this day forward, every step that we will take from today, we will hold on to God's word and it will never fall to the ground. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. That from today, you will hold on to the word of God. In good times and in bad times, we will hold on to his word because the word of God will never fail us. The word of God will never fail us. 
From today, we will hold on to his word. We will hold on to his word. We have been called to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's lift up our hands and our voices and worship and glorify His holy name. Let's worship and glorify His holy name. That is what makes God happy when we come before Him and we say that He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords and there is none that can be compared to Him. Those are the things that move God. I want you to glorify and magnify His holy name this morning. Lift up his holy name, glorify his holy name. Magnify his holy name. Glorify his holy name. It's the holy God. The king of glory. Thy grace, I rule, is the way, I 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
for making you his number one choice. You are God's favorite. He has a purpose for you. You are God's number one. He will not let you down. You are the apple of God's eyes. It doesn't matter what people will say. But I come before you as a servant of God to proclaim unto you that they are apple of God's eye. It doesn't matter what kind of sin you put yourself or you find yourself in. But God is saying that you are his favorite. Begin to thank him. Lift up your voice and begin to thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Father, we thank you. We thank you, O Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Let your name continuously be magnified and glorified in our lives. We bless your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will pray. Amen. 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 God bless you all. You're supposed to be taking our communion today. I don't know whether it's ready. It's not ready yet.